Hey, it's Shastin Rains, and welcome to Crosswalk Church. You're listening to Today's Presence, a podcast in which Pastor Tim hosts conversations about culture, daily life, and what the scriptures have to say. We desire to bring you encouragement and hope during this time. So once you finish this podcast, make sure to visit crosswalkvillage.com to find more information about our church and additional resources from our pastoral team. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Welcome back. This is Sam and Tim, Tim and Sam on today's Presence podcast. Hey, hey what's up? I was just <clears throat> about to say, hey, Sam. You're just saying, hey. <laughs> I was going to say, hey, Sam. And ne- you know what? In this next episode, the next episode we do, you're introducing and I'm interrupting okay. you. <laughs> that's what I, I want to see happen. Um, well, listen, we've got a great guest today, but there's a couple questions that we have to ask. Um, first of all, what do you, what coffee are you drinking? Well, it doesn't matter what coffee I'm drinking, Tim, because today I'm drinking from my Lovewell mug. Thank you, Christiane. I Shout told, out. I told her not to send that to you. Oh, look at Rick. Oh, our, Rick's rocking CW as well. Our guest, our special guest is also, uh, drinking from his mug. No, Christiane also sent me a note with mine, but I just want to say, um, that says, it says, um, enjoy the thermos and please teased him about the fact that he said not to give you one. So <laughs> she knows me so well. Um, so even, even Rick, our, our guest, Oh wait, I let it go too early. Yeah. Too early. Even, even our guest yeah. has a CW has CW swag, um, which you can get on the website now, www.crosswalkvillage.com slash merch. I think. How, I don't even how know. is it that, cause I'm looking at the video. How is it that Rick and I, our guest are drinking from, uh, crosswalk swag and you're drinking from what what is that james what james is james coffee. james coffee down in san diego it's my favorite coffee shop i know you like dark horse but i like james coffee <laughs> um no the, so so it's funny you know we've got the whole merch site up now on our website and um what has been hilarious is that people have been very upset that we've announced it during church on oh. sabbath and so and i felt you know you feel kind of bad but we didn't tell anybody to purchase on yeah. that day if they didn't want to. So someone said, why would you, why would you tell us to purchase? And I said, did you? Because I wouldn't. It's the Sabbatarian DNA yeah. within us. And I felt bad. But at the other time, that's when people are watching. So they need to know that they can get that stuff. And our masks are flying off the shelves. There's no shelf, but they're flying out of the <laughs> The masks are awesome. By the way, we're getting a new shipment today. Should come in today. Another five. Oh, you we sold, sold out? out? Of, we sold out of 504 days. Wow. Yeah. And we've got kids now. And so the whole thing, it's good. It's good stuff, man. It's wow. good. Wow. Someone told me it's like wearing underwear on your face, which I don't, <laughs> I don't know that that's true or not, but that's what they told me. And I may have said it as well. So <laughs> it's better than wearing coffee filters. I've seen people wearing coffee filters around their faces. My wife and daughter actually saw someone in Target wearing underwear on their face. <laughs> They actually saw it. My wife was doing everything she could to get a picture of it and could just couldn't do it. Um, anyway, so let's 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 jump in because jump in. we're I think we're on episode, man, 21 or 22. Pretty amazing. And we've had some pretty cool guests, very cool 21. guests. 21, 21 to be exact. Yeah. Oh, this is 21. You've got the spreadsheet. But today we invited someone who is um a real mentor of mine, um, a colleague, somebody I've had 
just an incredible blessing to work with over the last few years. And even, even before Crosswalk, we got a chance to work together. I, I credit him with a lot of my um, understanding of innovation and design thinking and all that because I got to work with him in the Center for Strategy and Innovation at Loma Linda. His name is Rick Ross. And Rick, thanks for being here on the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Um, Rick, waiting for my crosswalk mass to arrive in the mail. Uh, we, we'll make sure we expedite it for sure if it hasn't been sent yet. But Rick is, you are currently the president of um, Rideout Avenus Health in Yuba City. Is that correct? That's correct. In Marysville. In Marysville, Marysville Yuba City. Is, we call it Yuba Sutter because it's tough to put geographic terms around here. I see. How long have you been there? Um, I've been here uh, just over two years now. Two years. And that was an acquisition, right, from Avenus Health. It was a hospital that was currently there, and then Avenus Health acquired yeah. it, and you became the, the president. It was a local community hospital. And uh, you know, I came here as a consultant originally to help with the transition, and it just kind of sucked me in here. So I... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, you know, uh, the summer of 2018, I accepted this role full time. Mm. Which was which was hard for us at Crosswalk because you had been local, and you are our um, leadership team chair. Yes, uh, that's correct. You know, and uh, I I haven't wanted to leave that behind and give that up. And now that everything's virtual, I'm just as close as everybody <laughs> else. Right. <laughs> it's been hard for the last two years, only getting there uh, from time to time and being online every week. Now, uh, now everyone's with me. So that's good. <laughs> it's true. You were, you were the forerunner of everything we were about to do. We've been using Zoom for our leadership team meetings for years now. Yes. Um, no, Rick is one of the Rick is one of the foremost thinkers I think in both healthcare and in faith. I have to say, um, Rick mm -hmm. Rick brings this concept of design thinking into faith um, as well as into healthcare, and just is is um, in my in my estimation is a real prophet on where things have you know can go, and then he makes them he makes that happen. And I know his team up in Yuba City, and they just love him. They wanted him to stay, but Sam, you get to work with him now as well, since you are with that same said organization, correct? I yes, you thank you, Tim, for that uh, beautiful transition. Um, I actually want to look, can we spend a couple more minutes on uh, Crosswalk and uh, Rick's leadership in Crosswalk before we jump into the, the healthcare questions? Yeah. Because um, I think it's fascinating since I just really met Rick about a year ago. Um, and that's when I found out also that he's the, the you call it chair or the lead or? Leadership team chair. Okay. The leadership team chair for Crosswalk. Rick, why is it, why are you... Why did you accept that role? What is it about Crosswalk that you found meaningful or you found um, has a, a, an impact in the community that you thought you, you'd want to be involved, not just involved, but also leading it? Yeah, you know, I was in, uh, I lived down in Southern Riverside County at the time in Temecula, an hour away. Um, and I was, really looking for a, a church experience. And I, I had become fascinated with church because for two things, one is my leadership journey. And it wasn't lost on me that 
some of the great leadership literature of the last 10 years does not come from MBAs and business people, come from pastors. Um, and, and I became interested in what is it um, about leadership that can organize basically volunteers. You know, in our world, we pay people, you know, and so you have some degree of influence and control through a paycheck. In the church world, you're aligning many times hundreds of thousands of people around volunteerism and alignment around mission and vision. And, uh, and you know, since that's what I was trying to do in transformational leadership and healthcare, um, I became very interested in what that looks like uh, in, in church. And so I started going to different churches almost as a, a project, you know, and you know, I mean, there were weekends. I became a church geek for a few years. I would go to sometimes three, four or five churches on a weekend and watching, learning, seeing what was going on because, you know, one is the, the my interest in experience design went back to probably 2009, 2010, and it had been a deep dive for me. And what I began to see is that this authenticity of experience that was being created in these churches around worship and, you know, really a focus on Jesus. I saw the spiritual movement actually moving, not across denominations, um, but really this refocus back on Jesus as a center versus the culture of religion, which in many ways things have become. I had also, you know, in my upbringing, church had always been very much an obligation. And it was shocking for me at first to go to some of these churches where that have seen phenomenal growth and nobody's there because of obligation. They're there because they would rather be anywhere else. Right. And I'm like, why, why can't we have that in the Adventist church? And so uh, I, I've been looking around and uh, I went up to relive when that was being done out at the university church. I got there, I think, about the time that Tim left, and then I had the opportunity to work with Tim. And then when Tim came back, uh, came to Crosswalk, I actually started attending, I think, probably that first or second week. Yeah, I think so. And I would drive an hour each way on wow. Sabbath morning to go to church. Um, and that's how important it became to me. And I, I really began to see the spiritual movement that was moving, in my view, even through healthcare, um, start manifesting itself. The one project had been very meaningful to me because for the first time I saw what I recognize as a spiritual movement within the Adventist church and um, really saw how the Holy Spirit was starting to capture uh, the hearts and, and passions of what, what getting back to our faith meant. And then I began to see manifestations of that. And one of those manifestations was at Crosswalk Church. Wow. Wow. You said you said that um, you also began to see this in healthcare? Yeah. So, you know, we one of the things we say in healthcare, you know, we spend an awful lot of money 
getting results nobody wants. <laughs> and, um, and, I, and I would say the truth, of that, that same truth applies to church. You know, I think we spend a tremendous amount of money, or we give a tremendous amount of money, depending on where you sit, um, getting results that nobody wants. We want something deeper. We want something more meaningful. We want something more purpose-driven. And um, that's where, that's a path to transformation. And that, to me, um, really gets to the heart of what, why we exist, what our purpose is. Um, and so, to me, there's very little difference. I've often said to people, you know, we're all ministers of the gospel. We just show up in different places and at different times. And, uh, and whether it's in a church or whether it's in a hospital, we represent God and the mission, and we are reflections of God's character and how we show up and how we minister. So I think the pathways are parallel pathways, and I think that those pathways are merging into, into a movement that is um, that is transformational in the world right now. Wow. Hmm. Uh-huh. Well, I want to I credit Rick for a lot of what we have done at Crosswalk because when I got to work for him when we were at the Center for Strategy and Innovation at Loma Linda, I was just incredibly blessed to um, really sit beside him at a table as he went through a lot of experience design learning and design thinking learning and innovation. And I was, I mean, I think it all happened because my office was right next door to the conference room and they all felt bad for me. So they just invited me in the room. (laughs) But it was really transformational for me to learn about those principles and then to say, much like Rick, how come we're not doing this in church? Maybe we should think about that. And and I credit a lot of our, our significant growth because of the way that we think about doing church, the way that we think about, you know, curating an experience. And so, Rick, I'll be forever grateful to you. And to be able to work with you as our um, lead team chair has just been a blessing. There's no one who's more supportive of Crosswalk um, than our lead team chair. And also, also really thoughtful in the way that he goes about leading us. No, well, and what I'll say is that um, I I saw Rick worshiping at Crosswalk. Uh, I've seen him a couple of times, and I thought, man, I've I've seen I've seen him as this accomplished healthcare leader, and I've also seen him full in worship at Crosswalk. Um, that's that's the that's the kind of leader I want to be around, you know. That's the the kind of person that can that can uh, so competent in one in one sphere and yet in church he's like I I'm also going to worship. He's in, man. all in. So no, it's, yeah, it's it's an all in experience. I mean, that's what I began to see in the culture of worship, and you know, it's been so fun watching that develop at Crosswalk, and. Um, because, you know, I think initially, um, initially there's this resistance to all-in worship, emotional connection. Um, and I think what we learn in experience design is that the emotional part of it is really where the gold is. It's where we really connect to something much deeper. You know, our heads can rationalize all kinds of things. We can take ourselves out believing 
things and um, rationalize and create, you know, create philosophies or whatever we want. But where we experience God, where we experience purpose is very much emotional. And what I found in leadership is that, you know, you can't, you can buy people's minds, but you've got to love them to align their purpose and who they are as a person. Wow. And that's also found in the emotions. And, um, you know, so this idea of resistance of emotional worship, I think, has been a hindrance um, within the Adventist church to really begin to truly experience God. What I found in worshiping like that is when you worship like that, your your heart opens in, in an unbelievable way. And then when words start happening later in the service, all of a sudden God starts speaking to you in ways that you could have never known before. The way I think about it is, you know, being wide open as a funnel in which God wants to communicate with you that day versus, you know, creating this very little narrow bandwidth in which normally we try to hear God's word in in a traditional format. Hmm. And I would never go back to the other. (laughs) That's awesome. That's awesome. Sam, let's, let's transition a little bit to, um, to a little bit of healthcare because he's also an expert and, and, there's crazy stuff happening in the world with health. Obviously, we're still in this COVID situation. I don't know why I say it like that. Like, like it's going to stop next week. We're still in it. What a surprise! <laughs> like, I don't think it's like that. Um, but, but, and this is kind of your area too now. So let's let's move there. What has it been like, Rick, leading through this uh, crisis? What's it been like for a hospital leader to manage a, a staff and to, yeah, to manage through this crisis? Um, it's been, a, it's been a, an unprecedented experience um, that I've never seen anything like in my career. I've been in healthcare now uh, for 35 years. And, um, you know, I think a new playbook is being written. And I think what I'm really interested in right now is, you know, one, getting through this and then, um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, really coming out, coming out the other side. I don't think we're ever going to go back to how it was, nor do I think we should go back to how it was. Um, I think where we really need to be open is where we're being led right now and what the, what the opportunities are. Um, around that, and so I, one of the things I'm really, um, I'm really excited about is, you know, what are we learning about ourselves? What are we learning about our organization? Um, of what's wants to emerge out of this? I've told people, you know, I, I've I've always been a strategist, um, and I've always put things. Um, out about thinking about the future. It's kind of what structures my world. And now I feel like I live in an interminable present. Um, and I think what I'm, what I'm really interested in right now is how do I live in that present and really be open to the future that really wants to merge 
versus just going back. There's a lot of talk about reopening. Let's go back. When are things going to get back to normal? And maybe I think instead of focusing on that, because I don't think that will happen that way, we begin to really look at where is this leading us? What is the new that's being birthed right now um, in the world, in our church, in our in the healthcare system, and how do we grow into that? And I think we can only do that when we're deeply rooted in mission and purpose. Hey, what kind of things have we learned about ourselves? Uh, what kind of things have you learned about healthcare in the in the middle of the crisis? Um, uh, I'll tell you what. You know, one thing we've learned is we had too many meetings. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and and that's one of the things I'm really excited about is, uh, you know, how do we how do we get to back to really purpose around, um, you know, around where we are where we're at. You know, how do we get back to the purpose of what we're doing, why we're doing it. You know, our mission is to live God's love by inspiring health, wholeness, and hope. And at eight o'clock this morning, I will be talking to new um, new employees, and we will have a conversation about, you know, we do that right now by providing healthcare services, by running a hospital, by having clinics. Um, but that mission statement is so much more pervasive. That's only one of a thousand ways we can really live into our purpose. The question, the interesting question is, what are all the other ways that we're being led to really reflect God's love and inspire health, wholeness, and hope? And, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge blank canvas. And um, I think leading into that is what's interesting. Going back to the way things were, um, as much as we pine for that, as much as we think, oh, back you know, at least we knew what the rules were. Um, but we're in a really a state of disorder right now. And uh, you know, I read the other day that the spiritual transformation happens in three stages, order, disorder, and reorder. Um, but it's not ever going back to the old order. You know, it's really what is what, what comes next. And, you know, I think that's, that to me is where I'm really trying to put a lot of ideas and focus. So fewer meetings, more intention, more purpose. Um, and, you know, how do we reorder a business that, you know, economically uh, is significantly challenged right now based on the old way things were done? Mm -hmm. So if we, once we get past this interminable present, right? Um, what about what's some things you see in the future, or maybe some things you hope to see in the future in in healthcare? What's gonna go? What's it gonna look like in um, a year, or maybe ten years out? Um, I think uh, I think as we look uh, look out at the future, um, I think healthcare is going to be very different than it is today. You know, one of the things is that we've really created a medical industrial complex around our healthcare system. Hmm. 
And, uh, you know, one time in the past in the United States, people got health care at home. It was a very personal, it was very relational. And um, when money started flowing into the system, primarily in the 1960s, um, a lot became corporate. It became about you know, huge amounts of capital, big buildings, and the sophisticated business sophistication of running things. And what we did is we really created a very transactional business. And it's been a very profitable business uh, for many. But at the same time, and, and we're seeing that exposed right now with this, uh, with this pandemic, is that the most marginalized um, got left behind in that. Um, you know, healthcare in the United States began about who had access and who didn't. And, um, you know, these exposed, I think, a deep injustice in our healthcare system. And again, when we looked at the billions of dollars in our um, country that we spend on healthcare systems, but we look at our health outcomes, um, which are somewhere around 38th in the world, um, including satisfaction with the system itself, uh, we realize we're spending a lot of money getting results we don't want. I think the future is much more person-centric. Um, I think we have to go back to relational models. To me, our, our mission statement in Adventist Health of living God's love by inspiring health, wholeness, and hope is a clarion call back to relational models of healthcare. Um, you know, I, I, I'll have 200 patients a day coming through my emergency room. That's 200 opportunities to create a lifetime relationship in which we can begin caring for the needs of people. Um, and those needs go beyond what we've in the industry classified as our business, the, the clinical interventions, the clinical care, because we see clinical as just one piece of the social environment in which people live. And many, uh, in many cases, their health that we're supposed to be helping is, is being impacted by other things in their life, the drugs, that surgeries, that other kinds of procedures or diagnostics we do can't solve. Mm -hmm. And this is where it comes full circle because at the end, everything's connected. Um, it comes full circle because the spiritual needs of people, their social needs, um, their sense of self, their sense of purpose, their sense of worth, connectedness, um, you know, has been broken in our, in our society. So how do we put those pieces back together again? How do we become agents of healing? And that's where we, when we talk about um, health, wholeness, and hope, you know, we talk about health in terms of inspiring people to become agents of their own health. We talk about wholeness, which really is recognizing the brokenness in which we live and putting the pieces back together, reconnecting what's been disconnected. And then hope um, is really at the core, you know, what we often think our, our product maybe really is. You know, when somebody comes in at end of life, uh, we may not be able to offer a cure, but we can certainly offer hope. Mm -hmm. uh, when we um, 
when people are coming in with anxiety or, you know, or hopelessness, you know, hope is something that, um, that really begins to bring alive to somebody, something much deeper. Mm. Rick. Wow. That, that sounds less like a hospital and more, a lot more like a church. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's what I said at the beginning. I think there's very little difference. Yeah. I think it's just, how do we show up in serving people in our communities? Um, to me, we are a church, you know, I, uh, as the president of a hospital, I'm the pastor of this church, you know, um, and I think very much in a church, you know, we're doing the same thing. We're trying to inspire health, wholeness, and hope. You know, we're trying to bring people, connect them together uh, to explore who they are and who they were meant to be and create an environment or a container, so to speak, in which they can grow into who God intended them. Oh. That's beautiful. Now, Rick, so I want to I want to ask a question because because you took over leadership in a hospital that was acquired that was not a faith based hospital. So so you had to you had to take a, a group of people, and it's not a small hospital. I don't believe it's a pretty significant um, you know landmark in your community. You had to take that group of people and trans you know translate this this faith based healthcare language to them, and then not only, you know, translate it, but then transition them into working in that space. Um, how did that go? How did you, how did you think about that? So I, I had done this before with other acquisitions that Adventist Health had done, which is one of the reasons I felt called to come here. Um, you know, I, I experienced this before I've walked people through that. What what I've come to believe and and see is that people people are spiritual. Um, And it doesn't matter really what somebody believes or what I'll say is a different way. It doesn't matter what their culture is. Uh, In this community, 30% of the population is Sikh. We had a large Punjabi um, during uh, during the displacement in the early 1960s, and actually before. And many uh, when basically the the Sikhs lost control with the partition of India and Pakistan, um, many people were displaced, and many of them migrated, and a lot of them ended up here. Um, and I think when the hospital was bought, some of the people on the board were concerned, I guess, that um, Adventist health would be too sectarian, that would not be inclusive of the diversity of our community, and um, actually uh, took certain uh, efforts to make sure that this was a public benefit corporation, not a religious corporation, and we're we're concerned about that. But to me, uh, the message of Christ was not one about exclusivity. It was not the creation of a new tribe. In fact, it was actively breaking down the barriers that separated people. And often those barriers have been religion. And uh, it was really about inclusion. It was that God's love is love for everybody, uh, regardless of who they are or what they believe. Uh, And you see that with the Samaritan woman and, and much of Christ's ministry was moving away from the religious people 
and really reaching out to the marginalized or the excluded. And so when we talk about living that kind of love, now we, we need to understand how do we make mission uh, inclusive, not exclusive. And I think it really gets down to what a, what a person believes their, their purpose is, what drives them, why, why do they exist? And I think asking those kinds of questions um, starts taking away um, the divisions we've created, whether they're denominational within the Christian church, uh, whether, they're, um, whether they're religious, when we look at a more global community, and really break down and say, what is, how does God move through different cultures? And, and I guess what I've learned through this experience is that um, really it's all like, we're all using different language and we, we use language uh, that's comfortable to us that defines our cultural experience with God and other people use different language, but below the language issue, and I'm not talking about different um, different languages or different tongues. I'm talking about the way we use words to describe um, our, our spiritual experiences and our faith. Yeah. Um, but when you go below that, it, you see a much more common thread um, that really begins, you begin to see the reflection of God. And I think that the, the people that have embraced, I think, our mission as much or more than any others have been our, our Sikh brothers and sisters here in this. Mm. And um, I think this gets down to um, really the core of their faith. When we talk about, you know, living God's love by inspiring health, wholeness, and hope. Uh, if you read much about the Sikh uh, tradition, um, it was a spiritual movement that came up in opposition to the caste system of the Hindus. And I guess what I'd say the domination of the Muslims at the time and really began to create this new idea around generosity about loving people. Uh, when you read, um, Guru Nanak, um, and uh, I mean, even now when they have the Punjabi festival here, they give away free food um, for days on end. They must spend millions of dollars on free food for anybody who comes uh, because that is the core to who they are. It's why they exist. And I, I don't see that, frankly, as a lot different than what our mission is. And so it's really been a growth experience for me to watch God's love come alive and people, regardless of the language they use to describe it, their cultural history and background, where they were born. Um, and it be, it's become a big unifier um, that goes really and transcends a lot of the ways we would define differences before. That's so cool. That, that is, that's so, that's so cool. Hey, Rick, 35 years of um, doing this work, and you said earlier that you've never seen anything like what we've been through in the last couple of months, uh, unprecedented. Um, what, are, what are some cool, some good things, some, some really cool things you've seen happening in the last two months, in the, even in the middle of, of, this, kind of um, this kind of crisis? Um. I think uh, I think some of the 
I think some of the cool things have been really how how we use technology to connect. I mean, even using Zoom, for instance. Um, I had a discussion with somebody just yesterday about how important connection and intimacy is. And I think we've had certain assumptions about what we can and can't do in terms of reaching out and connecting prior to this. And I think this has challenged that in many ways. And as much as we want to be together physically, um, I think there is a lot of connection that can happen. And I pointed out to him, you know, look at the, the surge of online dating. You know, there's a lot of people married today who virtually connected through online dating initially, you know. And so to say that you cannot build intimacy through um, through connection, you know, kind of flies in the face of some of that experience. Um, there, while there may be limits to that, I think there's much more uh, we can do, and it really strips away a lot of the barriers we have by geography. And I'll, I'll say, from my perspective, the last couple months for Crosswalk, um, I think what's been really cool there is that it's kind of taken away the barriers between Chattanooga, our friends in Clinton, Massachusetts, and people from all over the world, because now we're all connected many ways in the same way. And to see their stories and to see them and their testimonies um, uh, each week, I think really has connected us as a crosswalk community in a way that we may not have been before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I so agree with that. It feels before um, it felt like we were a lot of different churches kind of all doing our own thing with some, some, you know, unified preaching. And now it feels, I mean, we have a meeting at nine o'clock this morning with all of our sites and with our new site led up by Patty McCoy, our new lead pastor at Crosswalk Portland, <laughs> super excited about. <clears throat> but um, yeah, we all get together now. We meet for a half hour and just talk about what's going on in our different sites and how we're ministering to people, which is really cool. Um, Rick, I got one more question for you and we didn't give you this one early. Some of the other ones we had um, in all transparency, dear listener. No, um, dear listener, this has all been completely <laughs> impromptu. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, just, I just want to say I got those uh, last night after I went to bed. So yes, I, sorry. So, I'm no, going to blame that on Sam. <laughs> that's my fault, Rick. I apologize. Um, but no, Rick, here's my question. You've been a leader. You've been a leader for 35 years in healthcare, but you've, you know, you have this incredible um desire to lead people both spiritually as well as, you know, economically and, and through healthcare and that sort of thing. But I'm wondering if you could give, um, if you could give just a short, like <clears throat> one or two point, what's really important in leadership for a young leader who's coming into the church or who's coming into healthcare? What, what do they, what should they be focusing on? What do they, what do they need to think about to be, become a, a leader that not only people want to follow, but are, is a real inspirational leader? Yeah, I, I, think, I think the thing in leadership is forget about your position. You know, I, oftentimes I think people aspire to a job or a position of what they perceive a position of leadership. Um, and that's, that's really empty. I mean, what you'll find is you'll, you know, this was probably the first half of my life. You know, I was like, well, if I had this job, you know, that, that then I'll have arrived. And then you get that job and you look around, and you're like, is this it? Is this, is this what that was all about? You know, 
And then what I began to learn is that all this driving that we do um, only prepares us for the purpose that God really has for us. Mm-hmm. And in, in many ways, it becomes a container in which that purpose gets poured in. The sooner we can make that shift is the sooner we understand what our purpose is, why, where God calls us to be and how to be open to that. And that's a spiritual experience. So spirituality, to me, is a pathway to understanding your gift of leadership that God's put, put there for you. And, you know, so your professional life cannot be disconnected from your spiritual life. Mm. Um, and I think the goal is to really live a fully integrated life. You know, some people live their professional life, their home life, their spiritual life, and they put it in these neat containers. I think when you break down the barriers of that and you really begin to experience what, experience the uncertainty and the sometimes disorientation of living a fully integrated life, all of a sudden, you know, something starts to emerge in you. And I, I really believe that that's how God moves through us when we become truly open. And that um, takes you into absolute stratospheric places when it become, when it begins to impact how you lead. And then whatever position you're in, you know, people pay attention because they know you're speaking from a much deeper place than what they're seeing. Um, And that deeper place is something that everybody yearns for and understands. And if you can begin to connect people to that place in them, um, now you've got motivation beyond what what any control does. it's what I consider alignment versus control. You know, people try to get results by control, manipulation, um, you, you know, fear, whatever uh, tool they have. Uh, but there's no, um, there's nothing as powerful as inspiration. Mm-hmm. And inspiration, I, to me, is really breathing in the breath of God into all of us. And so when people are inspired, it doesn't matter what you pay them. It doesn't matter what hours they're working. They become fully integrated. And you get a line group of people like that, and you can accomplish anything. That, to me, is really where the gold is in leadership. Oh, man. So good. That's awesome, Rick. Thank you so much. Listen, we're running out of time. Rick, we want to thank you so much for your willingness to come into the office, maybe a little earlier than you normally do, probably not much earlier. Um, We know you've got a busy day ahead of you. So thank you for spending time with us. We're Mm. so um, grateful for your wisdom. And I'm so grateful for um, not only your leadership, but your friendship, man. My my calls during the week or when we get a chance to chat. Yeah, my my involvement in Crosswalk, no matter what job I have, is one of the favorite things in my life, and probably goes a lot to my personal purpose. And it's been one of the most rewarding relationships, and to see see the impactful, transformative movement um, that's really transcended expectations, boundaries, geography. It's, it's truly uh, been fun to watch. So thank you for your leadership, Tim. Um, you know, you've been an inspiration to me as well. Oh. And, you know, it's just amazing to see. Because despite how, how smart we may be, 
It's where the it's being open to where the Holy Spirit leads us. Yeah. Um, takes us to places we could have never imagined. Thank you for being that. Oh, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Um, hey, everybody, this is Sam and Tim, Tim and Sam, uh, with Rick Rosson, who's been with us today. Rick, thank you again. And um, if you guys have any questions that you'd like Rick to answer or that you'd like us to, t- anything you'd like us to talk about or whatever, you can always email us at podcast at crosswalkvillage.com. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate your time. We appreciate your attention and uh, love well. <laughs>